Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball around. Gun do it right, gun do it right. Three. Dead Buckeye on one. That was the two minute drill. Oh, that's why he was. Okay, wrong sounder. That's what it is. Were we live? Yep. Oh. <laughs> And and the intro video is playing, but I don't have any audio for it, and it's not in my thing here. Are we still live? Yep, we're still live. All right. I'll just get Justin singing an Encanto song or something. It's the family, Martinez. He hands the ball up the middle. Tebow! is on fire right now. Dominating. Dominating. Wait, are we just going now? Or is the vi- intro video still playing? No, the video's over. I told you when the video was over. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Hello! It's, okay. it's my fault. Oh, this is the best time of year in spring sports, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're still playing sports at this time, then it's the best time of the year. I personally <laughs> was always out of it way before this time, just waiting for Babe Ruth to start. Mm. Babe Ruth stopped playing baseball like in the what twenties? <laughs> I was waiting a long time. Yeah, you were. Or back in long the future, back time. in the past. Back to the future. Anyway, this is the scrimmage. I'm is Justin Domashevitz, Daniel Hargrove here with us, and producer Andrew Gross over there pushing buttons, wrong buttons sometimes, the wrong and buttons. not being able to get the audio to play. But that's okay. You still got buttons. We're gonna shake it off. Because we got so much good local stuff to talk about. Daniel, you and I broadcasted a state playoff opener. Yes. Yesterday, we have a district championship softball game to talk about. We've got another uh, person who broke records doing horsey things. Yeah. Uh, we have a someone who won seven track titles in six days. There's so much stuff. and not, Why that, not eight? I didn't even mention the cyborg yet. Yeah. Which, it's not even real. Yeah. So... I mean, cyborgs are made up, so is she, so... Does, like, does the general population understand what a cyborg is, or do I only know it so well because of Archer? Uh... Like, the cyborg is half human, half robot, or part human, part robot. Blade Blade Runner is a pretty popular movie. There was a recent one, wasn't there? Blade Runner, is that about cyborgs? Star Trek? Yeah, there's cyborgs in Star Trek as well. I think there's a female So at UFC least all the nerds out there will understand. I think there's a female <laughs> UFC fighter who has that nickname, maybe. Oh. Is she uh, a cyborg, though? I don't know. I just meant, like, I've, I've been saying cyborg, and then it struck me, like, do people understand... Do they do they have, like, an abstract knowledge of what it is? Or yeah. do they understand specifically that a cyborg is part human and part robot? Yeah. What were we calling... Jane Roloff. Wasn't it something similar? No, it was just she never stops running, right? Yeah, but last time you said that... I thought you gave her a cyborg... I thought you said she was a cyborg. Oh, did I give more than one person that's that why I was Yeah, that's why oh, I was wondering no. about it. This is a problem. Yeah, because we can't have two cyborgs unless it's becoming a problem one of them in female could, sports. One of them could be Barry, one of them could be other Barry. <laughs> <laughs> My brother says that Arnold is coming for you. What's Arnold? Oh, is Arnold it? wasn't a cyborg he, though. He was android. a he was an android. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not 100 percent up on my Terminator. <laughs> I don't know if he had to, if he had he real flesh a, or if it was completely fake. It was fake. 
I mean, because he gets burned off of him, right? And then he's I mean, just, a, he's just a robot. Oh, that's a good point. I never saw that movie. I actually, I don't remember. I, don't I always assumed well that a cyborg was like using part of the muscles and part of the robotics, though. Whereas he was just a robot covered in flesh-like stuff. Well, yeah. in Archer, when someone suit. loses a limb, he just, the, the Dr. Krieger would just replace it with other limbs, robot limbs. Yes. And that is how they became cyborgs. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, our <laughs> that Facebook was a really page, productive conversation. Yeah, our Facebook page has also been super active with messages, and yeah. we just got another one. What does it say? I don't. Uh, usually, I let you read them. <laughs> My phone's loading. Oh, uh, oh! I've got uh, Evergreen Two A All League selections from Aberdeen Softball. We will definitely go over that when we do our local sports nice. roundup. Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. See, also my messenger's not working very well because I tried to open that up and it's gone. And it's gone. See? Look at that. It's gone. It's not there. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. You the last message the... I got was from May 12th. You need to download the Meta Business Sweep uh, app. I don't want to download the Meta Business Sweep the app. The messages for the page do not work well in the regular messenger. Uh, yeah. I would say we should get it going with the two-minute drill, but Andrew's working on my phone. Yeah, Andrew fixes everything we don't know how to do. Oh, wait, how did you... Let's go, let's go, let's go, hello! Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet Buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. What did you do? I don't... I, I didn't have time to do anything. Well, I would love to now. just... I would love to just play it off like I know what I did, but I didn't do anything. That's hilarious. It's working now. All you need to do is touch it. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, wait, and Phoenix Suns each Justin, fired their I'm head coach recently. Justin, I'm supposed to ask you this question. Justin, which one Justin, of those... Justin! Wait, what? <laughs> I'm supposed to ask you this question. <laughs> well, you weren't doing it. <laughs> wow, someone's in a hurry. Which of those coaching jobs would you want, Justin? Gee, could it be the one with the league MVP on it? Uh, all of these teams have a league MVP on them. Um, for me, it is a no-brainer. I would G want league. the Milwaukee Bucks job because Giannis. And yeah. if you go take the Philadelphia 76ers job, you don't know if you're getting James Harden back. And there's already been rumors that Embiid might also want out. If you go take the Phoenix Suns job, you have to coach Kevin Durant, which I don't think any human person should want to do. And if you have the option to go coach Giannis instead, like, go take the Bucks job. That's a that's a good team. They're one year removed from, uh, wait, no, two years removed from winning an NBA title. And I think Giannis is the kind of star you would want to coach. He supported his coach for a long, long, long time before finally admitting that he did a bad job making adjustments at the end of games. Aaron Judge made headlines with a suspicious side-eye toward his dugout during a game against the Toronto Blue Jays last week. The look was odd enough that the Blue Jays commentators actually discussed it on air. <laughs> Daniel, is Judge a dirty, rotten Yankee cheater? I mean, he is a dirty, rotten Yankee cheater. Was this dirty, rotten cheating or just something that you should get beamed for because it was sign-stealing and that's technically okay because they weren't using technology? Yes, but you should still bean people for that because, hey... Look at the pitcher and hit the ball. Don't do weird glances to other places. Shifty eye. It, it was like it's like something judge. you would see on Family Guy or something. Like something just shifting their eyes back and forth every time they talked about a monkey <laughs> in the closet. Super weird. The Portland Trailblazers moved up to third in the NFL, in the NBA draft. Justin, who should the Blazers pick? I'm just gonna 
make up my own question. That's, it was basically the spirit yeah. of the question anyway. So yeah. I, I was happy that the Blazers move up to third, but I was devastated, honestly, because I had already convinced myself that they were going to get up to number one and be able to pick Vector. Vector? Vector. Like from uh, Despicable Me? Yeah. I am Vector. Vector. Victor was my nerd name. <laughs> I forgot. What was the question I'm answering? Pick a guy. Blazers. Not, it can't be Victor. But I want Vignano. Scoot. I want Scoot. The Seattle, this has been a disaster. Yep. The Seattle Seahawks schedule for the 2023 season was released on May 11th. Daniel, should we care? And why does the NFL make such a spectacle of everything? Because they are a master of making it all NFL all the time, getting the talking points to always include NFL. No, we should not care about... <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to say, I, I, I thought, no, I thought okay. you were done. No, I wasn't trying good. to interrupt you. I mean, that two-minute that <laughs> two minute drill was so bad. I think bad. we have a segment where we just intentionally all talk at the same time. Yes. <laughs> that two-minute drill was so bad that in previous iterations of our show, we would have stopped and started over. Just throwing that Sorry. out. Sorry. I mean, it wasn't you, your fault. If you are going it was behind, my fault. behind the curtain way into the past, <laughs> yeah. there's been two-minute drills that we stopped like five or six times. Exactly. Yeah. What I was going to say is... We took is, ourselves a lot more seriously the, back then. The thing that I don't understand, I get the schedule release, especially because bye weeks are super important and who you're playing back-to-backs and when your short weeks are and stuff like that. The thing that I don't understand, Justin, why the heck do they release the opponents you're going to play before the schedule? Well, like, they're like, here's who the Seahawks are going to play next year. And it's all, they do it in, like, December when the season's still going. How much of that is picked out and how much of that is according to a formula, though? No, virtually all of it is preset. Because you play everybody in your division. They couldn't keep it secret. You play everybody in your, you just know who you're going to play the next year. Everybody in your division They release it, though. Yeah, but they release they release it like it's Ex- news, exactly. but it's not actually news. You you play everybody in your division yes. twice. You play another division on rotation, so four other teams. Yeah. You play a division in the other conference on rotation. Yeah. And wait, no, that's not it. Oh yeah, and then you play the other two teams that were in your le- in your conference that are the same place as you. I'm impressed so, like, that you know that off the top literally of Literally every game, okay, you so know. I didn't know those random yeah, few you, ones. You know. But there's also, that doesn't add up. I think there's one. Because there's 17. I think now there's one more, and I don't remember how they determine which one that is. But, like. But, yeah, my assumption was always just that they didn't really have a choice. Because you could, as soon as the season was over, you could out. know who you were going to play. Yeah, you could figure it out. But they do this big release thing. And that's mm-hmm. the stupid thing. Releasing the schedule is actually kind of important because bye weeks are super important. That's the way I look at it. It's kind of important. Should it be blown up as much as it is now? No. But the thing that's dumb is when they're like, here's who they're going to play next year. And I'm like, who cares? I honestly, with the schedule release, I could not possibly care less. Wow. I like, When it comes out, I don't even like give it a second glance. The only thing I would be remotely interested in is looking at it and going win loss win loss win loss but i could do that most of that when the when we get the opponents released but is the opponents also say when who you're playing at home and who you're playing on no it doesn't see you're coming up that's another reason why that makes sense because are you playing the good teams at their place are you playing the good teams at your place it's that's important it's such it's like it's important because people care so much about the nfl 
Like it, it in itself is such a minute thing, but it's important. Wait, you're because saying that the, playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead isn't as important as playing the Chiefs at CenturyLink? I'm saying that in the grand scheme of things, like the mo- the way more important thing is knowing who you're playing, and by comparison, knowing when and where you play them is less important. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't agree with I'm that because if you're playing the good teams at their place, that's significantly harder to do. Because the NFL is banking on people like you caring so much about that when it's really actually dumb. <laughs> Wait a second. So you think there's no such thing as home field advantage in NFL? I didn't say that. I said it's not as, not as important as knowing who you're playing against. You, well, it's not as important. Yeah, but, it's less important. That was my point the whole time. By comparison, it's way less said, important. It's not way less important. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, if it you're is. playing Jacksonville at Jacksonville when they're the garbage team, you're like, eh, who cares? But if you're playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead, that makes a difference than playing the Chiefs at your place, which you're like, before, one of them you're like, ah, no shot. The other one you're like, oh, at home, we might be able to win that game. Like, it's that much of a difference. Oh, were we still talking about this? <laughs> Sorry. I'm having a hard time like mustering up enough like caring to really even argue my side. I mean, <laughs> that makes sense cuz you said you couldn't care less. I just think that it's silly because home field especially for the Seahawks is that big of a deal where they have won games that they absolutely would not have had a chance in had they been playing at the other I think person stadium. I think that the the big like to me, the only thing that I really pay attention to is when the bye week is and what uh, I just blanked out on what it's called Monday night and Sunday night games they get. Yeah. And I would argue that I trust the Seahawks on a Monday or a Sunday night more than I trust them at home. I think they have a Giants Monday night game. <laughs> Yay. I kind of vaguely remember seeing that. Gross. Yeah. The other thing. But I don't I know if say... it's home or away. That would make a really big difference. <laughs> Who's the. <laughs> So are you counting Kevin Durant as the league MVP on the Suns? Is that who's the who's he, the league? He has won a league MVP. I know, but like how long ago was that? A long time ago. Okay, see that's that yeah. when you said that I was like, yeah, was but that it, doesn't count. Was it no, I think in it was the like major leagues. <laughs> I think it was like Oklahoma City days. Yeah, so that doesn't yeah. count. Oh, you just said league MVP. Oh. And were you talking about Embiid? No, I was talking because he about, was the MVP this year, and yeah. he plays on one of those teams. Yeah, but he's a tool bag, and everybody. Knows <laughs> and Harden that. also plays on one of those and teams, and a, he was an MVP. He's a bigger tool, multiple bag. time MVP. Yeah. yeah, you want Giannis. so you? I thought when you said that, you were driving at oh the guy that won MVP this year, this year and I was like, a... well, no, actually, there's like four MVPs on these teams yeah. combined, and I want the one that won it further back. To be honest, to be honest I didn't know for sure that Embiid had, but after you yeah. said it, I was like, oh, I guess Embiid won it, didn't he? But, I mean, come on. That guy's a giant tool. And Harden's the bigger tool, which is... Didn't know it was possible. Yeah. I mean... The rumor out there is Harden's going to go back to Houston. Who cares? Wherever Harden goes, they're going to suck. They're going to lose. I know they... I mean, they're not still playing, right? The 76ers are... All right. In sports out, right? that people care about. <laughs> they're out. So why would anybody want Harden? Ever? Well, what he? Uh, no, you're, I'm not going to argue on his side. I you don't want. You can't. Him. No. Stop it. No, no, no. I want the Bucks job. I'm actually going to apply for it. You should apply for it. Yeah, I did think that was funny, Justin. Which one of these jobs would be most appealing to you? And I was like, why would Justin care? He's not going to be for it. it. Isn't it interesting though that three of the last four NBA title-winning coaches have all now been fired? 
Yeah, I think it's kind of weird. It's really weird. And guess who's at the top of the list for all those jobs? All the other guys who just got fired from those other jobs. That's funny. Like, they just, they just <laughs> keep recycling coaches to other teams. That's why I was pretty happy, actually, when Portland decided to hire a coach who had not been a failed head coach yet. You know, how, it reminds me of a certain situation that I won't talk about right how now. How much okay. do head coaches actually matter to an and NBA team and how they play? That's what I was wondering. Like, honestly. Well, they matter more than a baseball manager does. Really? Baseball in major in major leagues? Yeah, baseball manager doesn't know doesn't matter at all. That's that's a culture building guy. Basketball coaches actually have to make between game adjustments, in game adjustments. Between the two of you, I trust Daniel's take on baseball and your take on Bas- basketball. Okay, but last time so we had Daniel's this, face is telling me that you're wrong last about time, the manager. Last time yeah. we last time we had this exact same conversation. Daniel was blown away by the fact that I told him that all so many of these in-game decisions are made by analytics that are sent down to the front office. And I told you that because I heard an actual front office guy talking about it. Like, the it's, in-game decisions are very rarely made by the managers. They have, like, a no, pre a They preset, have pre-game meetings. Let me finish which, my sentence. <laughs> they have a preset pre-game... Oh, I'm sorry. I was having trouble mustering up the care to listen to your side of the argument. <laughs> okay. They, had, they have a, a full pre-game plan, and then in-game, they get calls from the front office telling them, Oh, here's how the analytics adjusted in this scenario, and that's how they make their decisions. That's how I, some people make their decisions. I think that's, that's still re- the ones heavily on the, dependent on, on, the, on organization. the organization. I think they really do it heavily dependent everywhere. on the organization. That is absolutely and everyone not, operates that way. Yeah, that is absolutely not the case. Because I heard a, the a guy say that. <laughs> I think I also heard a guy say that LeBron makes all the decisions, and when you see it on TV, he definitely is the one making the decisions. That guy's stupid. And coaches are the scapegoat every single time in whatever situation he's in. That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. My impression of the Mariners is that they base their their uh rules or their like plan really heavily on analytics but that in the game it they don't they they don't seem to adjust very quickly i feel like it takes weeks for them to change their their plan based on the analytics rather than like changing things on the fly which would lend itself towards just inside of this also i would say that culture is such a huge part of baseball yeah you're a culture guy that's true yeah, so if if culture is what the manager does, that is still a major part of it. But I don't know what... So, Justin, can you answer this for me? Because I know I don't want to distract you from whatever you're doing. It's been kind of hard so far. It's show-related. Yeah, okay. What... <laughs> What does an NBA coach do? Because every time yeah. I hear it, it's always like, oh, they didn't make the late-game adjustments. Yeah. I mean, yet every time I watch it, it's just the stars doing whatever they want. So what's the late so, game adjustments that they're making? So as a number one NBA fan, I'll answer that for you, Daniel. Yeah, they ahead. make sure that the stars are happy. That's what it seems. It seems like they're, that, they're well, a culture you, guy. You definitely should trust Andrew's opinion on this <laughs> over mine, just like he trusted your opinion over mine on baseball. Well, what I what I see. And I admit, I don't pay attention whenever the Blazers you, are bad. You just asked me a question, didn't let me answer, <laughs> took Andrew's answer, and then moved on. That's fine. We can do that. I didn't take his answer. <laughs> that was not what I did. You I gave my answer. You I gave my answer. I said, that's interesting, because he's bringing up a culture side. Therefore, and then giving I was it gonna, credence. I was going to add more substance to what I was going to ask you, because okay. what I see is generally... 
stars in the NBA run the show more than any other sport. And so it seems like because they run the show more than any other sport, that that would be the sport where the head coach matters less because the LeBrons, the, they have so much more power. And it seems like whenever they need a scapegoat, I mean, they never trade the player. They always get rid of the coach first. So, so I guess that that's my question. I will answer it the best I can, fully knowing that neither of you is going to accept my answer on this because you both hate the Are NBA. Are we still talking about basketball? Yeah, we can move on. Let's just go to the next I don't hate the Let's just go to the next I don't hate the NBA. You are throwing me in with Andrew. I live and die with the Blazers before they tank the rest of the season. So I have a team that I'm super invested in and have watched their superstar deal with coaches. So would you try and explain it to me instead of just pooping all over it? I'm sorry, Justin. I'm, I'm See, this is where we are, actually, is that I am bracing myself for the fact that when I answer this question, I'm going to be shouted at. So I'm going to answer this the best way that I possibly can. You can choose to accept my answer or not. The way that these things are discussed, because I listen to a crap ton of analysis of NBA basketball. And while awful. you're right, you're right about how it more than any other sport, NBA players have the power. I, I mean, especially empowerment with like where they go and who they bring in to play with them, and and like stars have power over roster construction and that kind of stuff. It seems like they also so, have an opinion on what coaches come in too, right? A hundred percent at the top level of stars, I believe that's a hundred percent true. So the way these things are discussed, as far as analysts are concerned is that when you get to the playoffs the playoffs are a chess match of between game adjustments and in-game adjustments so you have you play a game and the reason why they always say that hey team a lost by 30 points in that game but you never know what adjustments are going to be made because not only is the coach going to be trying to figure out what the opponent's going to do but then they're going to try to come up with their own plan and anticipate how the other team's going to adjust as well sometimes the adjustments are as simple as okay, well, 50% of the game, we guarded your best player with this guy, and we had help coming from here. We're going to switch it so we put this guy on him with no help or different like defensive schemes to do whatever. Who's guarding who? Like The Lakers did this with um, how they guarded Jokic. Like, the difference between... It didn't, like They lost all three games, so it didn't matter that much in the end. But the times that they were at their best, they had a different defensive strategy. They had a different guy guarding him. Help came from a different place. Like... Those adjustments have to be made between games and then also in games. And that's the thing that people got all over Budenholzer about, the guy who coached the Bucks, is that you're terrible at in-game adjustments. You're terrible at making the changes and seeing what's happening in front of you in a way that you can fix it. And that was also a big thing for, gosh, who was it, Stotts? Yeah. That was also a main reason why he got fired, right? Sorry, I was reloading the Because playlist. he went with the Pete Carroll method of, hey, we're down, Dame, go do everything, just like Pete Carroll would give the ball to Russ and say, hey, go win us this game. So I think when you like you look at guys like Eric Spolstra, the Heat coach, you know, he went from being being a film room guy to being the guy who coached the big three in Miami with no respect to now all of a sudden in basketball circles, he's a top five coach of all time. Because while these other coaches have all been dropping off 
he's been succeeding and overperforming with lesser rosters. And they say it's because he's a tactician, because he recognizes things that can be done in-game. He's constantly working the whole game. He never sits down or takes a second off like some of the other coaches do when they're like, all right, I'm just going to roll the ball out and let my guys do their thing. So if you're talking about like how big of an impact NBA coaches have, I think good tactical NBA coaches have a tremendous impact on their team impact on their team especially when you get to the postseason regular season is probably a a lot more of we're going to roll the ball out and see how it goes and see that makes sense and the thing that i didn't understand about why you were getting so upset and defensive about it is i never argued against an argument you made about how much a basketball coach makes sense the thing that i was arguing about is you said that Baseball managers do nothing. I think they basically do, and that's yeah. that is so they create, incorrect. They create culture in the in the clubhouse. I yeah. think it's probably which is fair a s- huge. It matters. Yeah. yeah, it mattered a lot with the Mariners that one year when they were good. It also managed matters all those now years they where they sucked when they had Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Seager, and they had oh I don't know. Also, you could even point at Lou Pinella when they had. Maybe his culture sucked, and that's why even though you had the best players at multiple different positions of their decade, and they, they still barely made it to the playoffs and never passed, never into the World Series. Maybe that was a Lou Pinella thing. Maybe he's not the greatest. Maybe he actually wasn't that good. Be, and this is that's a weird take that I've never thought of before. <laughs> I you was going to say you had the best DH. strong anti-Lou You had the best center take. fielder. You had Jay Buhner, who was awesome. You had Randy Johnson. and you John had, Olerud. Not at the same time. Oh. You had Alex Rodriguez all on the same team. Yeah. We've oh, definitely oh, had yeah. this conversation Couldn't before, do but I don't remember ever blaming on Lou Pinella. Exactly. But you're saying that all they do is culture. But I at think that well, back in, in, in Lou Pinella's yeah. day, he, he actually made decisions. I was going to say, the, the, the argument so that Justin's making, making is decisions? very modern. Uh, he was really good at throwing bases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing is, is they still do make some in-game decisions. And if they feel strong enough about going against the analytics. Yeah, then they put Robbie Ray in to be a relief pitcher, and that's an argument for analytics taking over. Actually, Actually I think that, that was, was an analytics That move. was an analytics decision. Oh, because when that, as the day after that, all I remember was hearing people talk about how that that made no sense by analytics. I'd have to go back and do it. It was a left-on-left. Left. Yeah, it was a lefty-on-lefty, lefty, but the matchups were bad. Yeah, they didn't have any other better ones. The only the only way that it made sense was that it was a lefty on lefty. They didn't have any other better ones. Like who do I you throw rem- against, who I, do you throw against Jordan Alvarez? I can't remember. Last no, I you checked there Jordan Alvarez. Last I checked there still isn't <laughs> I'm a good option. I'm still to throw not there. mad about who was pitching. I'm mad that they didn't walk him. I yeah. felt like that should be exactly. a Exactly. Yeah. But and that was the plan well, I'm not that was really come mad up with. Either. I'm just sad. Like you're right. <laughs> it's a team decision because it's. I'm not sure if Depoto is involved in. But again, as you listen to hours and hours and hours of basketball stuff, I also listen to Jerry Depoto talk for almost a half hour every week. What percentage of it is lies? I mean, he is a lying liar. <laughs> I just envision Daniel listening what to the Jerry Depoto show with this sneer on its face. <laughs> That's the thing, though. So I listen to how they make their decisions, and Scott Service has weight in you, all of you those. You listen to how they tell you they make their decisions. It, okay. How they? Yeah, how they narrate. You're their listening to how people tell you they make their decisions. Well, I'm as not well. listening to team propaganda, though. 
Oh, yeah. I'm listening okay. to. I'm listening yeah, to. Yeah, because ESPN yeah. and those people oh, I don't definitely go, aren't propagandists. I, I don't go to the four letter yeah. network for any of my analysis. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I go outside sources, credible ones. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but, <laughs> but they're, they're highly credible. credible. They're highly credible. Yeah, that yeah. checks out. Man, you know multiple sourcing. you gotta, you got to check the source and then check the source of the source. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to source the source. Source the source. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I hate this episode. <laughs> Can we talk about something it's else? really speaking of Speaking of outside sources, Ryan Roland Smith has a podcast. It's called yes. uh, Top mm. Step, From oh, the Top Step, something like that. It's yeah. really good. I highly recommend it to people that are interested yeah. in, like, a little bit deeper baseball. See, yeah. The difference between this is I learned from Justin and he just poops on everything I say. So that generally is how it works. I do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that whole discussion was like, I learned about all this new basketball stuff and what the tacticians and everything. And then every time I tried to bring up stuff about how baseball operations work and you were just like, yeah, that's not well, true. The difference is I'm right and you're wrong. Okay. Like <laughs> I think it's time for your favorite part of the show. Okay. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. Daniel. Depends on how it goes. <laughs> Since uh, we have made a point to, like, a sincere effort to educate people on geography on this show. <laughs> um, I'm sure you were right about ourselves. that. Remember that time at least that, ourselves. Remember that time that, that you forgot where Iowa was? Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> So I thought it would be fun to... It was the city of Des Moines. That's what got you, because there's one in Washington, too. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was... That is confusing. Definitely... So that one's called Des Moines, and the other one's called Des Moines. I definitely Moines. did not forget that the Midwest exists, and I definitely did not mix up Iowa and Idaho, yep. and I definitely did not just have a complete brain fart. It wasn't that at all. Yeah, It was not. the Des Moines thing. Uh, I thought it would be fun, since we're the geography show... To have you tell me, from north to south, all of the states on the east coast. Oh, oh no. Can you do the west coast? Who cares about the east coast? <laughs> Are you counting Alaska on the west coast? Yeah. But not Hawaii. Yeah. Okay, the east coast, from north to south? Yes. <sighs> the and, first one's and easy. They, and they have to have coast, right? Yeah, they have to be touching the coast, which there is... There's one that I'm not sure about, but I'm going to say it doesn't touch the coast. Okay, well, let's start with Maine. Okay, Bing, one. That was the one I knew. I'm out now, but I'm... I'm, I'm. <laughs> uh, the next few are pretty tough. I'd be impressed if you got through all of it with get, not getting any wrong. Vermont? Ooh, I'm sorry, that is not correct. Vermont does not have coast, it looks really? like. Really? Yeah, Vermont I'm is, looking at a map yep, here. Do you want to see it? Yep. I'm just Do joking. I want to see it? Yes. <laughs> but Vermont is next to this state. Rhode Island? Nope, sorry, incorrect. Rhode Island does have coast. Correct. Oh, that was a good hint, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, let's see, so Maine. What, do you want music or something? Do, 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 do. I should have let you start at the south. You know what? Would you like to start at the south and work your way up? Would that make it easier for you? I'm not sure if it would make it easier. Yeah, it might give me some more correct answers along the way. Okay. Including the Gulf Coast or not? No. No, just just, just the east the east coast on, on the east side of Florida. 
That was a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Didn't, I'm already I wasn't sure if you would know Florida was the southern. I'm already knee deep in the in the north part. So okay. Delaware. That is not correct. Delaware also has coasts. Mm-hmm. Which one's south of Maine? I Wait. would not have known this. You want to take your one mulligan? I'm making up the rules as we go. I've already used like three wrong guesses. No, but if I give you one mulligan, I can just tell you what the next state is and then you can move on. <laughs> it would be kind of embarrassing not to be able to get past one, but... It would be. Yeah, sure. What's the next one? If I'm reading the map right, and Andrew can confirm, New Hampshire. That is also how I read the map. Okay. It has like a tiny bit of coast. Gotcha. And then directly south of New Hampshire is... New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> is uh, Rhode Island? No, I'm sorry. That's really close, but not correct. Delaware? No, I'm sorry. That is not correct. And less close. Massachusetts? Massachusetts is correct. correct. You got the three and it only took you eight tries. Daniel, what's after Massachusetts? That's so weird. I did not... For some reason, I always picture Rhode Island as farther north. Well, what's the next thing? Dude, there's what's such the a mess after? of states up there, man. <laughs> there is. Like, those states are so dumb. How yeah. did they come up with such small I just realized areas? that this map I'm looking at has shortened names, and I'm only, like, 50% sure I know the name of one of these really? states. I I, know. It, it has to be right. I don't see that state anywhere else. Okay. <laughs> Should have gone for Wait, the is South. New Jersey its own state? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a suburb of New York. Is state? it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happens from here on out, I'm going to come out of this more embarrassed than you. <laughs> Wait, so it goes Maine, Massachusetts. Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Rhode Island? Rhode Island is correct. You've got four. Delaware? Nope. nope. Delaware has coast, though? Yeah. Yeah, just further south. New York? Nope. Connecticut. Andrew, Connecticut. Connecticut is correct. Connecticut is the one that was shortened that I was like, wait. Con. Andrew, do you read the map as New York having coast? Yeah. Okay. New York has coast. Okay. How could New York not have coast? Manhattan is in New York. <laughs> okay. Is that Manhattan what this is little an island, island is? Manhattan is an island is that, that is island New York. Is on the map? No, I think that's Long Island. Okay. Which is that part of New York also. That would make a lot of sense, actually, because it is a Long Island. Daniel, what's after Connecticut? This is not going well. For you or me, because I've said more dumb things than you have, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> Is New Jersey a state? Does New York have coast? Now is it Delaware? Nope. Now is it Rhode Island? You already guessed Rhode Island and you got it right. Oh wait, I got Rhode Island right? Where yeah, is Rhode Massachusetts, Island right? Rhode Island, you're you're guessing south of Rhode Island. Yeah, you got Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Wait, no, you, he, got, got, he got the one after Rhode Island Oh, yeah, also. he got Connecticut. Yeah, you got, you got Connecticut, Connecticut after Rhode Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. I honestly and now forgot that I got Rhode Island. Okay, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a small state. You forget about it really it's quickly. It's very easy to forget. My dad made the joke, don't blink, you might miss it, when we were driving through it one time. Okay, so it's... And then you missed it. Yeah. Maine, Massachusetts. New Hampshire. Maine, New Hampshire, Hampshire Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Connecticut. 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 
Delaware. No, no. just guessed that. New York. <laughs> it is New York. New Jersey. The, yes, it's New Jersey. Delaware. Delaware is correct. <laughs> Freaking Delaware. You got Delaware. You finally got oh, Delaware. You're now what? out of states that you've already guessed. <laughs> finally. <laughs> New Jersey or Delaware South. I'm sorry, of I haven't Jersey? been playing yeah. the Dean sounds. It's so weird. Like immediately south of it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Uh, Virginia. Nope. Close, but no cigar. West Virginia. Nope. West Virginia does not have... Coast. Yeah, Coast. I wouldn't have thought Since that. it's I to the west of, of Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Wait, so there's something... Does Virginia like... have coast? Yeah. Okay. But it's not next. Delaware. I already know more about the East Coast than I ever wanted to know. I feel like once you get past this this next one, it's all gonna go really fast. You're gonna get all this is them. yeah. This one I'm really struggling with. Like I can't even. <laughs> this is bad. What if you like, pictured like a black and orange bird? Okay. This is bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm trying not to say what was in my head. <laughs> Why? Was it penguin? Because <laughs> those aren't orange. But some of them have some orange on them. No, it was because I thought Baltimore was in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> now he's trying to remember where Baltimore is. <laughs> it's in the state that my dad was born in. Oh, of course. <laughs> he was born in Hagerstown. <laughs> Which is just about an hour outside of Baltimore. Is that helpful? I feel this of all the things. I feel really bad that I don't know where. What there's state a, there's a famous is. battlefield that I once stayed at a bed and breakfast at Maryland? called Antietam. Maryland is correct. I totally forgot about Maryland. Baltimore is in Maryland. Daniel, you are past the hardest part of it. <laughs> Virginia. Virginia is correct. North Carolina. Yes. South Carolina. Yes. Good job putting those in the right order. Georgia. <laughs> yes! Florida. Yes! We did it! We did it together! Congratulations to us! That was painful. So, Maryland. I already forgot what was south of Maryland. New Hampshire? Virginia. No. Virginia. Mar Virginia was no, south of Maryland. No, sorry. Maine. Maine. <laughs> you already forgot what was on the top. We both start with an M, though. I'm broken. It might as well be Iowa and Idaho. Maine? New Hampshire? Yep. Connecticut? Nope. No. Massachusetts? Yep. Rhode Island? Yep. Connecticut? Yep. New York? Yep. New Jersey? Yep. Maryland? Mm -hmm. No. Oh. Yeah, there's New one. New Jersey. Yeah. Delaware. Yep. Yeah. Maryland. Yeah, as yep. many times as you guess Delaware. <laughs> and then Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Yes. Yep. Gosh, it's a mess up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting emotional, not going to lie. Stump Daniel is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> uh, I will continue to try to give you opportunities for Daniel and me to both look dumb. Because oh, that is what happened in that segment. I gotta say, I blame my parents. They took me to the East Coast when I was like seven. So how am I supposed to remember? <laughs> I mean, looking at a map. Nope. <laughs> 
Who does that? Who would do that? I mean, like, literally my preparation for this segment was looking at a map of the East Coast, so... <laughs> Which we, is what I was distracted by when you took exception to me looking at my phone. I'm not sure who this listener <laughs> is. Is show-related? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure who GD is okay. uh, as a listener, but... Uh, they wanted you to know that at minimum Lupinella was the best at chewing gum and looking angry and uh, that they were laughing at Daniel for guessing or laughing at the at the suggestion of West Virginia. Did you guess it? I did because I was so far <laughs> screwed that I said West Virginia. So, and point. then he said it was Nebraska. <laughs> so Pinella's the all-time great at looking angry and chewing gum. Yeah. Is Pete Carroll intense in is chewing gum? Is he the gum? anti-Pinella? Because he's a happy guy in general, yeah. but when he chews gum, it's more it's, intense. It is intense. Like, yes. not, I wouldn't say angry, though. Yeah. I'm not sure that I have ever seen Pete look actually, like, express anger. Oh, I I have. feel like it's, he expresses, like... Have you seen him yell at officials? Yeah, he's always, like, like super intense and, like, concerned. Like, I feel he expresses, like, it's, he gets way more concerned than angry. You gotta read the eyebrows. Like, are they, are they pointed, slanted outwards, like concern, or are they slanted inwards, like anger? <laughs> Let's watch some highlights of Pete Carroll yelling and figure it out. Should we do that right now, or should we finish the show? Daniel's, Daniel's busy checking the eyebrows. <laughs> you do, yeah. have, you have a very expressive face. I, I was just say. wondering if maybe a good... But do I mention it? I was wondering if uh, Mariner's manager's order would be another good stump segment. <laughs> because I, it has been a plethora of disaster ever since Lupinella. I don't know if I could muster enough caring about looking that up. <laughs> right? See, just... I feel like I just told you what I'm going to do, and you're not going to I'm it. not going to look up at all. Yeah. Like, dude, honestly, I know we've discussed this before. There's a dead space of about a decade of Mariners baseball that... Jose I, Vidro. Jose, I, I remembered Jose Vidro, but that was like a one-off. Like, ask me anything else about that season. I don't remember anything. I Mike Cameron was, was on the uh, television call today. He's a good dude. Yeah. I like that guy. I enjoyed it. Yeah. We should take a commercial break and get away from the whole first half of this show, which was <laughs> flat out, well, the wrong intro. Sorry, that was my bad fault. bad two-minute drill, awkward post-two-minute drill discussion, and then an absolute Travis mockery of trying to figure out what the East Coast was. <laughs> This is really, we're doing a good job of encouraging people to stick around after the I would just I would just like to say that I <laughs> feel good, like the East Coast got the respect that it deserves. <laughs> the good stuff is coming up next, because boy, would we got rid of the bad stuff. We've got local sports. All the local sports, all okay. the good stuff, all the reasons that people actually want to hear what we talk about. <laughs> all right. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Welcome back. We are The Scrimmage. I'm Daniel Hargrove. That's Justin Domashevitz, producer hey, Andrew. Thank you to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Ole Penn Real Estate, the sponsor of our Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. 
Let's just get it going with the good stuff. Local Sports Roundup. Right now. Montesano extended its baseball season and reached the State 1A semifinals with a pair of wins at Olympic Stadium on Saturday. The Bulldogs took down College Place 11-5 in a state opener, then topped Colville in a quarterfinal 5-4. Camden Taylor and Jackson Booz were the starting pitchers for Montesano, and Skyler Bovey picked up a two-inning save in each game, allowing just one hit and no runs over 4.1, sorry, four and a third innings of work. I always read that wrong. Bad job by me. Several players contributed offensively against College Place. Josh Wilds hit a two-run triple, while Denali, Harris, and Booz each hit a double. Caleb Ames led the team with three hits. Bodie Poehler hit a monster home run over the right field fence in the win over Colville. The Bulldogs will travel to Bellingham on Friday for the state semifinal against Natchez Valley. Riley Timmons hit a three-run dinger to walk it off for the Montesano softball team in the district title game for an 8-7 win over rival Hoquiam. The Grizzlies were undefeated in league play this season and had beaten the Bulldogs twice. Earlier in the game, Karen Blood hit a home run which gave Hoquiam the 6-4 lead. Both teams will advance to the state tournament in Richland starting Wednesday, both highly ranked. Thursday. And yet, there is some discussion. Yes, that yeah. is Thursday. and uh, We will talk is? about that after we're done with the roundup. Interesting. Montesano's soccer season ended on Saturday with a 2-0 state quarterfinal, quarterfinal loss to Seton Catholic. In their state opener, the Bulldogs took down Northwest Christian 1-0. Luke Clements scored the lone goal. Jaden McElravey had 12 saves in keeping a clean sheet. Ocosta took the District 4 softball title without allowing a single run in all four games. Gee, wonder who did that. In fact, for fiction, Jesse Gilbert, <laughs> is she real? Threw three no-hitters! That's just dumb. And her out to the title game and technically threw a one-hitter. Technically? We'll talk in about that after the round against Adna. More on that later. Gilbert struck out an astounding 66 batters across four games. She also went five for eight at the plate with three dingers, a double, five walks, six runs scored, and five RCI. Several other Wildcats had key contributions as well. Joanna Rosander scored a run and Noel Kuzday drove in a run as well in the title game. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing names there. Brian Rasmus scored the only run against Onalaska, driven in by Zeta Morales, and Gabby Ness drove in Rasmus and Samantha Schlegel for the only two runs and a win over PWB. <gasps> In the opener against Judah Lake, Morales went 4-for-4 four four with a pair of RBI, and Rosander went 2-for-4 two four with two runs and an RBI. Sophie Olive had three hits, including a double, scored once, and drove in a run. Rasmus also was credited with saving a hit by making an incredible catch behind second base. Ogasta will be back in action on Friday for the start of the 2B State Tournament in Yakima. Whew. That was a lot. 
I'll take this short one here. After losing to Ocosta, <laughs> PL Willapop Valley qualified for state by beating Raymond South Bend 12-1 and Forks 5-3 on Saturday. After losing to PWV, RSB beat Toledo 6-1 and Friday Harbor 9-5 to snag the district's final state berth. So we will have three teams in that state softball tournament in Ocosta, PL Willapop Valley, and Raymond South Bend. Nice. You should have kept with the acronyms and changed Friday Harbor to FH. <laughs> Aberdeen Softball also qualified for the state tournament with a district win over WF West on Friday. Lainey Yakovich was the only Bobcat with multiple hits. She went two for four with a double, two runs scored, and an RBI. Maddie Gore hit a two-run double and scored a run. Eileen Scott went one for three with two runs and an RBI. The 2A state tournament will start on Tuesday in Sela with the loss to Aberdeen WF West. will miss the state tournament for the first time in 20 years. And Aberdeen will be the 10 seed in that state tournament. Elma freshman golfer Olivia Moore shot the low two-day total to best the field at the 1A District 4 Girls Golf Championships on May 15 and 16 at the Tumwater Valley Golf Course. Moore's two-day total of 155 beat defending district champion and last season's state runner-up Montesano standout Haley Blankus by seven strokes to claim the district title in her first season. Blankus placed second, shooting 79 on day one and 83 in round two for a total of 162 to lead defending champion Montesano to a second place finish. In addition to Moore and Blankus, Elma's Sophia Hamilton and Hoquiam's Ava Jump also qualified for the 1A State Golf Tournament, which is scheduled for May 23rd and 24th at the Riverside Golf Club in Chehalis. Thank you to the Daily World for that info. Ooh, I've played at that course. That's nice. Aberdeen Soccer ended a very successful season with a state quarterfinal loss to Seahome. In their state opener, the no, Bobcats, in... <laughs> the Bobcats <laughs> took out 5-1 to nil. Evan Cohn won the match for Aberdeen with a goal in overtime. And finally, former Hoquiam Grizzly and current Everett College softball player Maddie German was named the Northwest Athletic Conference North Regional MVP for the 2023 season. Wow. The sophomore catcher hit 439 with 14 home runs, 63 RSBI, and a 504 on base percentage, and a 911 slugging percentage in wow. 39 games for the Trojans. Thanks again to the Daily World for letting us know about that. And that will conclude the roundup portion of local sports coverage. I'd say 14, 14, 15. That is what? OPS? Oh. Jeez. I was going to say 15 does come after 14. That is correct. <laughs> no, it's a 1,415 OPS. Are you doing that in your head? We yes. have. I'm impressed. Several different things. <laughs> Don't I'll, quote me. I'll assume it's accurate. Several <laughs> different things that I want to mention. Uh, before, like, that will require a little discussion. Um, we got an, a message from a Aberdeen track, I think it's a booster, I don't think it's a coach, someone who follows Aberdeen track, sent us some info about... Um, What's the definition of booster? I think it's like just someone a fan who, or like who someone who like aids I, the program in one way or another, whether yeah. it's like financially or with volunteering or something. I would, I would say that it was financially, I would, so... I would say that it's an a a participating fan. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
You said it better and with less words. I had more time to think uh, about it. I have a list. It's been really difficult. I know I complain about this every week. It's been really difficult to cover track this year because there are multiple classifications and so many results. A lot of times the track meets are happening, but the articles from the newspaper aren't out. And even if they are, it's really hard to go through in there and sift through all the results. So I appreciate the patience of the track fans out there who have missed out on having those athletes be recognized Um, We've gotten to it sometimes, but not as much as I'd like. So I got a message with a list of all of the Aberdeen track athletes who have qualified for state. Nice. So I want to make sure that we get um, those kids recognized. Luke Nemi has qualified in the 4x1, the 4x4, and the 100. Uh, Micah Schroeder, Jeremy Sawyer, and Brandon Newcomb are also part of that 4x1 team. Uh, Henry Nelson is the is on the 4x4 team, and he's also the 400-meter district champ, so he'll be competing in the 400-meter at state. Uh, Will Bowling is on the 4x4 team and also is qualified in the 1600. Isaac Garcia is on the 4x4 team, as well as Caleb Shemilfenig on the 4x4 team. Um, Nolan Cook, I believe, is an alternate. And actually, Caleb might also be an alternate on the 4x4. Nolan Cook, I believe, is the first alternate on the 4x1. Uh, Tyler Bates in discus and in shot put. And in shot put, he was a district champ. Jabron Brooks qualified in shot put. Uh, Solvig Kvarsevic, uh, 400 meters. Um, Cody Lemieux in the 100 meter, the 200 meter, and the shot put. And Josh Bowen in the 100 meter shot and jab. Whoa, wait. There's... People who have qualified in 100 meter sprint and the shot put, Cody Lemieux, that's and Josh Bowen. That is not normal. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, so congratulations to those Aberdeen athletes. Um, I mentioned also that we got a message. You said we got a message. I looked it up. The message: uh, Evergreen 2A All League selections. Um, Aberdeen's coaching staff was named Coach of the Year. Uh, so staff of the year. So congratulations to Jimmy McDaniel, their head coach. Yeah. Which sport? Softball. I'm sorry. Did I not say that? No. Okay. Softball, <laughs> Evergreen 2A All-League, uh, coach of the year, head coach Jimmy McDaniel, assistant coaches Brandon Ciano and Kyle Scott. As far as All-League selections of players, they had three first-team All-League selections. Pitcher Lily Camp, no surprise there. Shocker. <laughs> Second base, Eileen <laughs> Scott, no surprise there. Yep. And center field, Laney Yakovich. Those girls are all really good. Yes. They've definitely had their names called many times on this show. Um, and also honorable mentions, they got as a catcher, Alyssa Yakovich, as a third baseman, Britton Neal, and in left field, Cheyenne Patrick. So congratulations to all those girls. I also got a message about North Beach track, which I thought this was really interesting, and I was super glad that this person brought this to our attention. Um, so North Beach track had, before, prior to last year, had never won a league title before in either boys or girls. Last year, they won both. This year, they won both again. Wow. So after never having won in the history of their program a boys or girls title, they have now won the league title in boys and girls two years in a row. That's impressive. They also went on and at districts, the boys placed ninth, the girls placed second, but they were three points out of a district championship. So this is a very, very competitive track team. Uh, They are sending 12 athletes to compete in state as well. So congratulations to the North Beach track team. And I think... There's two other things we need to mention before we get into talking about Acosta softball. Okay. One of them is Emmy Spencer. 
And I put Emmy Spencer horsey running. Yes. Um, <laughs> There's a video of it. Well, also... It's awesome. Emmy, uh, she is continuously breaking her own record. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she broke a record again. Well... But it's also Emmy's record. This Wait. is no, no. She she I broke. I didn't think this was Emmy's record. This is not Emmy's record. So uh, she broke a Washington State record in Keyhole, which is where you go in and spin around and come back we out talked on about the horse. Keyhole before, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was a district record before, wasn't okay, it? Okay, I'm sorry. It, so she I'm... broke a Washington State record in Keyhole. She she ran a six seven. The previous record was from 2018 and was 6918. So she okay. beat it by two tenths. So she she broke not only her personal best mark, but also the best mark in the history of the state. Yes. And Dang. the previous record she broke was her own district record. Right. Because I, so. I know she I broke. So. I remember that she broke that one. She is breaking times. records constantly. Okay. But it's this really was, hard to keep this track. This was a significant yeah. record. I mean, honestly, Emmy, that wasn't you, just her personal best. Emmy, if you would slow down a little <laughs> bit, like it would make it a little easier on me. If like every two weeks there's not you breaking another record, then so, I, I wouldn't get so mixed up. Yeah, I think her previous district record was also a record that, like, that was her own record she was breaking. Mm -hmm. This one's different. Also, and now in I'm this just one, blown away by know how two we, tenths. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge percentage. Yeah, in a six point seven seconds. Yeah, that's insane. Do you guys have any element of like, like, okay, Emmy always wins everything. Like, <laughs> okay, she won another thing. Like, yeah. she's great. Okay, let's. That, I'm getting that more so with I'm getting that with both Emmy, but more so Jesse Gilbert. Okay, like, oh, she threw another no hitter. Ooh. <laughs> Like, she's throwing no hitters. Yeah. And in this, she's moving on. So, it sounds like this is something that has the Nationals. Because the, in the post I saw, she's going from state to regionals. Yeah. And that's so, what I see as well. when you have things that end at state, they go districts, regionals, state. But when you have things that end with nationals or worlds, you go districts, state, Regionals because that's the region of the right. state you're the in, the northwest region, or yeah, something, something yeah. like that, or the west region, and then you go to nationals. So she's moving on to regionals, which would probably be like the whole west side of the country, or something. And she'll break another like record there, and then she'll go to nationals and break <laughs> another record there, and then she'll go to universe and she'll break the alien record. Yeah, like those alien horses don't stand a chance. She's she's the <laughs> queen of keyhole. I don't. I mean, yeah. By the way, go watch the video. It's really cool. Yeah. Not only the video that shows like how the horse does it, and yeah. I didn't know horses could move like Have that. Have we shared it from the scrimmage page? I don't know, but we should. We I'll should try that. to do that while you guys. Uh, talk. But also her mom's reaction. I'm I'm assuming it's her mom taking the video. Her mom's reaction of when the time flashes up and shows the world rec or the state record. Awesome. I got chills. <laughs> you guys ever heard the song "All I Do Is Win"? No, I've never heard that song. Oh, before. I think it, a, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a DJ Khaled song, and I think I saw a thing uh, recently that he wrote that song about Emmy Spencer because all she do is win. Yeah, win. She doesn't no win matter, no matter uh, what. The thing is, she doesn't see another option. Mind. Yeah, yeah. There's no other option. Only winning for we were Emmy. Told all that the time. she even wins in fundraising stuff. Yes, yes. She's a champion fundraiser. Yeah. I mean. We also what was it? You said we had two things to get to. Yeah, the other one's Tiggy. 
Tiggy. So yeah. Tig- Tiggy's not in the local sports roundup because once again I did not find myself having enough time to sort through two meets worth of stats. Yeah, that's just too much. But I d- I can tell you that Tiggy won this uh, Timmy Higgins or as I've been calling him lately Tiggy Himmins because he's him. Uh, I don't I still don't understand that one. You're gonna have to explain that to me you, later, but that's okay. Okay, so <laughs> Tiggy Tiggy won. It's like, he, it's like if you're saying he's the man, he's him. I am really. Him. That's, that's yeah. Like that's a, a basketball thing. player will go knock down a shot in someone's face and then be like, I am him. Gosh, this generation. Oh is wow! That, you can't that, say that about yourself. You can't no, say no, no, I'm this, the man. I this think is that so was a dumb. <laughs> I could be wrong about this. The first time I ever heard that was a, someone telling a story about Jimmy Butler, and that's oh. why people started calling him Himmy Butler. Gotcha. Yeah, it's so weird. It's it's a weird time yeah. we live in. So you don't want to? You don't? You're not on board with calling him Tiggy Himmins? I mean, you can call him that all you want. I or if we want to be li- more proper about it, we could call him Tigothy Himmins. I saw that later in the show. He, uh, I'm starting. I mean, it's taking on a mind of its own at this point. <laughs> it's getting kind of out of hand. Um, but what I can tell you about Tiggy is okay. that he won four league titles. Yeah. Which is the maximum. You're allowed four events. He finished first place in all of them. It's a lot. And then six days later, he went to the district meet and won three more district. She won three more titles. So what? They didn't win the four by four? I could probably figure that out. Well, uh, what I saw was he won the 8, 16, and 32. Which is, like, that's too much running. Too much. Like, I think that <laughs> Tiggy's dad, Francis, should Settle be investigated down. for child endangerment. You no, know, if they have, if they have uh, innings pitched limits, yeah. should kids really be allowed to run that much in a day? Only if they have an irresponsible father. <laughs> Good going, Francis. Anyway, I, I think uh, it cannot be overlooked, the fact that Tiggy had literally seven titles in six days. Yeah. Three <laughs> district titles, so which means he's qualified for state in all three of those. Yep. He's going to go compete at the state meet for all those. Oh, man. And this is a kid who, Are like... those all in the same day? Uh, probably not. Okay, good. <laughs> that would suck. Because I think and I'm only basing this on the fact that my son went to state last year and remembering that there's two days of competition, yeah. I think they probably have them spaced out. Hopefully, because that's too much running. Yeah, although I, I, mean, couldn't, I could not say that Jay confidently. Roloff never stops running, so maybe yeah. it's just a running thing. It's true. What's the, sh- what's the movie where the guy can't stop moving or he dies? What? Is that Crank you're thinking of? There's a movie where like the guy... It, there's something about like adrenaline. If his adrenaline drops I think below, that's crank. Yeah, it's crank. Jason if it drops Statham, below right? a Jason certain Statham, level, then he'll yes. die. Yeah. Do you Jason think that? <laughs> Do you guys think that it's possible that Jane Roloff is suffering from a condition in which she ever stops? Because <laughs> when we talked about this before, we said we pictured Jane Roloff in her classes at Hoquiam High School on a treadmill, yeah. like yeah. running on a treadmill yeah. while the teacher is lecturing, doing her tests on a treadmill. Yep. That she just always runs because possibly if she stops running, she'll die. That's true. Well, like, I mean, Tiggy's kind of getting into that realm. He is. Where, like, when, you, when you're winning the 800, the 16, and the 32... You didn't stop running for long. Yeah. Right? And then they have a warm-up run, and then there's a cool-down at the end. Yeah. Like, why does a person decide... It's like what, people who choose to run cross-country. Sorry, Tiggy. Why do you... <laughs> do you hate yourself? Do you hate your legs? Like, why do you subject, subject yourself to that? I ran I've heard about the runners once. high... Maybe they're just addicts, and we should feel bad <laughs> yes, for them. Yeah. 
Uh, did you see the post, by the way, about Tiggy and the kid who finished second yes. in one of those races? Yeah. Gosh, I love that kid. You should tell. You should talk about it. Uh, so I saw the post, <laughs> and his track coach posted it. Dave Beeler. Yeah. And um, thank you for posting it, by the way. Uh, Tiggy's dad shared it. That's why I saw it. And it <laughs> Tiggy decided after one... I can't remember which race it was. Was it the 1600? I don't recall. The 32. But um, this kid, his shoe fell off during the district championship. And in the picture, he has one shoe on. Yeah, like, which like is great. Sherman on which that, is great. <laughs> that interception. Yeah. So his shoe fell off, and Tiggy took first in this race. And so he decided, hey, I... In a show of sportsmanship, he asked his track coach to take a picture of them both, and he switched the medals with this kid and said, hey, you finished second, you would have finished first had your shoe not fallen off. Let's get a picture together. Which, let's be honest, it's not true. Like, yeah, Tiggy, was gonna Tiggy was going to win. Tiggy was going to win. Yeah, but he's being, he's being sportsmanship Very, very. Sportsmanship-like. Sportsmanlike. It was very sportsmanlike. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, very sportsmanship-like. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Princess Bride quote there. And so he takes a picture where he switches medals with him. And, yeah. you know, I mean, what a great show of sportsmanship that is. He did mention that he made sure he got that medal back. Yeah, you got to go home with the gold. Like, <laughs> exactly. you're not giving it away. Yeah. But, I mean, the more I hear about this kid, the more I, I love him. And that is just absolutely ridiculous that he's won seven titles in six days. And now he's on his way to state. And I can't wait for it. And it's really... The Jesse Gilbert thing is starting to present a problem. Well, because like I it's know we said this creating la- an issue. We said this last week. Like if we wanted to, we could name we could legitimately make a case to name Jesse Gilbert athlete of the week virtually every single week. Yeah. And this week, when it was like, oh, Tiggy, uh, seven titles or yeah, seven titles in six days. This districts. This is this is league meet stuff. All the escalators a track person could get. And then Jesse freaking Gilbert, man. Jesse freaking Gilbert. She... <laughs> Jesse, not real Gilbert. Yeah. I liked Jesse GPT Gilbert. Because she's just something that an AI made up somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Jesse the Cyborg. Whatever nickname you want to give her, throw them all up on a wall, see which one sticks, because they all make sense. Write them all on pieces of baloney, then throw the baloney <laughs> on the ceiling. There it is. Whichever one falls down first is no, the last. Whichever one stays up the longest. Yeah. Hannah, can we do that? No. Okay, never mind. That ha- that idea I, has been vetoed. I don't think they have baloney here. Well, yeah, that's gross. They have yeah. it at the store. <laughs> Why would we have baloney? The, Jesse... the store is just a half an hour away. Jesse Aesop's Fable Gilbert. No, that's <laughs> probably too deep of a cut there. Um, but Jesse Gilbert. Okay, so I, I mentioned... Uh, four four no hitters. Yeah. I also mentioned in the local sports roundup three no hitters. So basically, yeah, so. what happened is she threw three. The way no, her leg was. The three. The <laughs> first three no hitters, not disputed. Official yeah. no hitters. Right. In the title game, there was one play that in Ocosta's book they marked as an error. Okay. And in Adna's book, they marked as a. Hit. Ooh. Is there video Adna's, of this? I don't. I haven't seen video, but Adna's Adna was the home team. Shocker. So if their book is the official book, yeah. But I'm still gonna say it's a no hitter. So I'm rolling with four no hitters, even though technically officially it's three. And I think I, in a way, like I kind of don't want to get hung up on it. Yeah. Because even if she only allowed one hit, 
and struck out 66 batters. She was clearly struggling over, yeah. over the course of four <laughs> games. And which I did the math on the amount of innings she pitched, and I think there was like 85, wow, 84 outs possible or something like that. Like she, there was not many outs no, that were not strikeouts. Softball pitching doesn't put the same strain on your shoulder as as oh absolutely pitching, right? I'm just both. curious because like you can you couldn't do that in baseball. No, no. Like there, it, there is no pitch limit or innings limit on yeah. pass yeah. pitch. Okay, I would say this: I have covered pitchers before that pitched every single inning of every single game for their team all year, and seemed Softball. to get yeah okay, and seemed to get tired. Well, tired, tired, tired so, is tired is different. So that's what I'm saying is like I think like when you're in these injury. the district tournament and you got yeah. four games in a week. Like Acosta has done enough resting Jesse when they didn't need her. Yeah, that smart. That they, they even though the, she broke the strikeout record like three weeks ago. Yeah, and she's probably doubled the total since then. Now she can just go, you yeah. know, and obviously is just getting stronger as she goes because you know whatever yeah. Chat GPT said so. It's yeah, <laughs> it's the same as Timmy running all those. That's what it is. Like you're gonna get tired. And your performance might dip a little exactly. bit yeah. in the last one. Right. But it's not you risking You might give injury. up a hit. Yeah, but it's not risking Maybe. Your, your UCL blowing. In the conversation I was having earlier... Yeah. That's that's I, I, that's what I was thinking. Which is completely arbitrary yes. and we don't know why it happens. But it is, it's an important Daniel's distinction. Daniel's been reading It is an arm. important distinction to make because if you overwork baseball pitchers you're much more risking injury and if you overwork softball pitchers you're much more miss risking fatigue yeah. right. and dropping yeah. performance yeah. but that was the only point i was trying to make right. is not that i've seen people get hurt because they pitch too much softball but that there's been a couple times where there's really great pitchers and then they seem to get tired after towards the end of the season right the conversation i was having in a group chat earlier is in all the time i've been covering sports i've seen a lot of really great pitchers like we've had some in money uh, Madison Didion, Samantha Stanfield, in Elma, Brooke Goldsmith, uh, Hoquiam, and I'm I feel terrible for not remembering her name, uh, but I think it was Bailey. Bailey, oh gosh, what was her Spurline? I think so, maybe. And then back when I was in high school, Krista Bacar was right. insane. She was the girl so who I was referencing who used to just get walked every so time, never got to hit. You're going back that's, before that's before sorry. my time too. Yeah. But I'm I'm talking like. Since I've been covering sports, Daniel's so, going back before Justin's you know, time. No, I'm Sorry, just saying, Katrina like Ramey was also going when <laughs> Daniel, there's been some when, awesome players. When Daniel and I were in high school, I wasn't paying attention to softball except for the Aberdeen softball team because there was a girl I liked on it. Um, I wonder but, who that was. Yeah, I married her. Um, <laughs> but in the time I've been covering sports, which is a long time, like a yeah. decade and a half. Yep. Um, wow, you're old. I can't remember a softball pitcher this dominant and like i said there's been really good ones and i don't want to discount any of them i've never seen someone that i can recall who puts up the kind of games consistently that jesse does with her strikeout totals and i don't remember ever a story of a pitcher going on a run like she did this week totally screwing up tiggy's athlete of the week possibilities absolutely because while he did something that's amazing and great and he deserves all the recognition for it, she did something I can't conceive of. Right. 
Right, because it's not like this district is not good. It's what this Her district, league is one of the best leagues in the state. Her league is one of the best leagues. Her district's one of the best districts. It's stacked. And I do want to get to, actually, the teams that they beat along the way. Yeah. Because I don't want to... During this district tournament when she's throwing these no-hitters, the lowest RPI-ranked team that she faced was Toodle Lake. They're 20. <laughs> On Alaska worst. is 18. PL Willapaw Valley is 8th in the RPI. They defending, got seeded defending champions. Yeah, state champions. Defending state champions. They got seeded 6th in, <laughs> in the state bracket. And then the other team that they beat in the title game was Adna, who's 3rd in RPI, and got seeded 1st in the state bracket. The team that, that Acosta just beat, that she no-hit or one-hit, technically, depending on which book you look at, yeah. and hit a home run against... That's the number one team in the state. <laughs> so she didn't get like this cupcake road to the district title no. where she's throwing no hitters left and right. She's doing this through tough competition. The best competition. Like you can't find another league like the league yeah. she plays in. You can't find another district as strong as this district. And the PWV pitcher, I think her name's Lauren Emery. Yeah. Um, who is also one of the best pitchers in the state playing against Acosta. She struck out 13 batters. Yeah. She's and good. And she was really good. She's and Jesse really was good. just better. Jesse is a different le- soft. Yes, she's a sophomore! Sophomore! She's a sophomore. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> it's dumb. And it's then, not real! As much as we all talk about the pitching, and then we go to the batting... I forget about the batting. I don't even think And of, she's allowed to bat for some reason. Well, she had she had 13 plate appearances. She got walked five times. Professional baseball used to have rules against this. <laughs> <laughs> and in her eight at-bats, she got five hits and three of them were home oh, wait, runs and oh, one's wait. a double. Oh, wait. Now they have rules against this. Don't they? <laughs> I just... It's like... You know, we, we got... You know, we had the discussion about whether it's okay to walk her or not. Oh, it's okay to. I just I, no. It's I just uh, lame. But I'm saying to like be this, walked. This is the reason why. <laughs> this is the reason why they do that. Yeah. But you know what? I'll say this for Acosta too. We've we've spent so much time talking about Jesse Gilbert. I made a sincere effort to make sure that we mentioned a bunch of other names in the roundup today. You're welcome. And I planned <laughs> it actually so that you would be the one who did that. Um, <laughs> but in some of these games, when Jesse was offensively didn't either didn't contribute or had the bat taken out of her hands her teammates stepped up they're the ones who drove in the runs they're the ones who scored the runs and while jesse had an amazing offensive performance she couldn't have done this without her teammates picking up uh in the moments when she like i said either didn't get hits or had the bat taken out of her hands because she only got walked she needed her teammates to to step up for her and they did that several of them yeah because it wasn't hard to mention like six or seven names because there were so many athletes from Acosta who contributed in, the, yeah. in those games. Lots of great players on that Acosta team. Yeah. Uh, recognizable names as well. And it's just, again, like people just across the spectrum who would be getting more recognition if it wasn't for Jesse freaking Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know she's only a sophomore? <laughs> Uh, Dear Lord, keep her healthy. We, oh, gosh. Because, holy crap, the career, the high school career will never be touched. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. I can't imagine. Mm. She broke, wait, she broke their career strikeout level record as a sophomore. <laughs> and, and in, I, it was in, in the, the regular, regular season. season. It was the regular season. That's the regular silly. Season. The, the, the season. That's not serious. Record. So, so that was my question. Like, well, that was just the regular season record. Yeah. So she doesn't have the overall record yet. 
Like I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe she does. Who but knows? They, they actually have had a couple of other pitchers there in Acosta who were really good. Because remember, the strikeout record was fifteen. Right. She's broken it like eighteen times. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, like, I mean, now that we, she's now that got she's more made, than the theoretical maximum number of strikeouts. Yes. Yeah. So that's true. The game, yeah. So she's done this with a long district run. It's, she's going to get some some games maximum, in state. So, what's the state record for strikeouts in a season? And how could it possibly be more than what Jesse has? Like, is there a universal source of this information that we can find that out? I hope so. Andrew's googling furiously over yeah. there so anyway i i i it struck me recently that as much as we've been talking about jesse all season long that as a sophomore this is a talent that is unprecedented from what i have seen in like grand scheme okay yeah there's been a lot of years i didn't watch sports but i've been following sports pretty closely for the last decade plus here yeah and this is not an athlete i've seen i haven't right. seen accomplishments like this. right I actually have run into somebody who said that they know of a pitcher who transferred out of Acosta to pitch in a different school district, and that's the best pitcher they've seen in a long time, and they've played travel fast pitch and stuff like that, and this is one of the best pitchers they've ever seen. Had to transfer out. Yeah. Because you're never going to pitch there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is we've reached this point where it's just... It's just ridiculous. Oh, we got a message. We did? Let me check it. It says Jesse broke the career record also. <laughs> oh, she did. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. Does that mean that she's literally twice as good? Oh, thank you, Kathy, for, for sending us. Do you remember when, when we were talking about it's just silly Carson Freeman and like yeah how amazing she is and how yeah. she's got a thousand points as a sophomore and all yeah. this stuff. And like, that seemed like, boom, that's like, she didn't break that the was. scoring record for a career. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Jeez. Okay. So I, I have a proposal. Okay. I say we have the Jesse Gilbert Oli Penn real estate. Athlete <laughs> of the week. Like we just named the award after her and then, moving forward. And then we have <laughs> the other athlete of the week and that will be Timmy. How this about week. We so just like the Jesse Gilbert athlete of the week. That's not, it isn't selecting athlete of the week. It's, it's just relating hers. the activities of the Jesse. athlete of the week. That it's, would, that would yeah. be a good idea to get more sponsorship money. Also, <laughs> how about we just change it from the scrimmage to the Jesse Gilbert show? Yeah. Like we, well, we'll just, just the the best way to honor her would be just to change the name of our whole show. I'm just trying to think of a way. Like she's obviously the athlete of the week, but she's in her own category. Yeah. So we have the Oli Penn Real Estate Jesse Gilbert athlete of the week, which is just her. And then also this week we have the Oli Penn Real Estate athlete of the week, which is Tiggy. I've kind of been doing that, but I do athlete of the week and what's, honorable mention. What's the record for most strikeouts in a game? We, I want. I feel like she should get together with her catcher. I feel like she should get together with her catcher and set yeah. a world record for most strikeouts in a game because the what catcher could make that happen, right? What? How many did she have this year? Was it? 22? It was twenty-two. <laughs> and so the, crazy. The, the national record was twenty-four. <laughs> yeah. But like, actually, he made this exact same point when he we were did. talking about that—that yeah. that you should that you should get the catcher on board and just do it. Like, have the catcher miss a few strike threes. That'd be, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. She, okay, gosh. <laughs> Kathy again, thank you so much. She is at 401. 
strikeouts. And the career record was 383. That's a lot of strikeouts. She's a sophomore! <laughs> Somebody check that kid's birth certificate! <laughs> is anybody doing a PED test on Jesse Gilbert? This is why. Does she need to be examined by a doctor to make sure she's more human than robot? <laughs> like, what's the percentage? What's the like, percentage like, is allowed? We've established she's a cyborg, but if she's like 30% cyborg, <laughs> is it allowed? Like, is it just the pitching arm? No, it's got to be both arms because she hits I like a maniac too. I still don't believe it. I haven't seen it. It's, it's not real. <laughs> you, The last thing you said, you were like... Jesse Gilbert just threw three no-hitters, and I was like, fake news. She's not, <laughs> she, she's not a real person. Oh, boy. Oh, I love it. Okay. I, I am so excited for Jesse. This is so cool. We got one more thing to talk it's about so before cool. we go into our next break. Oh, okay. As much as I think we could probably stand here and talk about Jesse Gilbert for another it's, 10 minutes. It's awesome. We're not even standing. What am I doing? I could. I got broken talking about Jesse yes. Gilbert. Um, I want to discuss the Montesano baseball game that we broadcast. That was also fun. It was so much fun, Daniel. We haven't. Uh, you've done a few baseball games. This was my first. It was my fourth. Fourth. So, yeah. um, I th was a little nervous that there's going to be a lot of dead space because I've watched a lot of MLB baseball prior to this year when everything moves fast. Now, yep. High school baseball, even on a broadcast, moves really quickly. So fast. And I didn't get time to tell half the embarrassing stories about the players that I wanted to from when they were 11 years old. Oh, I should have given you more opportunity. But there wasn't time. We we yeah. did mention Skylar's dog multiple yeah. times. Easton probably like got like five mentions. Yeah. Um, My favorite was when you mentioned him after there was a kid on the other team named Easton. <laughs> It's like, hey, Easton, that's a good baseball name. And you're like, yeah, that's Skylar Bovey's dog's name. And then we ran into Skylar's mom after the game, and we were like, hey, Easton got some mentions on the radio. And she was like, you mean my dog? And we're, I was like, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Daniel, that you try to do things very professionally, and sometimes I always manage to throw a wrench in things. But I mean, could you? I could he expect anything less having no he knew what he was Montesano Homer you know what I was trying to lean into I was trying to picture myself as the Aaron Goldsmith and Justin was like the Ryan Roland Smith <laughs> like I was trying to just lean into the kind of fun broadcast well you did a good job of that yeah full disclosure I didn't listen because I was at a kid's birthday party <laughs> excuses Can't it is an excuse it is an excuse but uh it was at Everybody it was at Olympic headphones. Stadium, right? Yeah, that's really cool. It was the party. Awesome. Was that's at really Stadium? really cool. I'm not talking about the party. Sorry, I was talking when I was mumbling under my breath yeah. while you were talking, so yeah. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to you either. Yeah, at Olympic Stadium, blue skies, t-ball slash little league games happening on the other side of the fence. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it could not have been more perfect. I almost had another. I'm getting emotional moment because during the national anthem. Right before the National Anthem, we were just talking about all these kids and how Justin knew them when they were like 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. And then the National Anthem's playing, and I'm looking over, and I'm seeing little like 6-year-olds trying to throw a ball back and forth. And I'm and just picturing Camden Taylor, Skylar Bovee, Bodie Polar as like 5-year-olds. And I was like starting to get all misty out. I'm like, ah, yeah. good thing we play commercials during this. <laughs> Actually, my, my son Peyton played coach pitch with Bodie. Yeah, Bodie's so dad coached that team what seven years old 
Somewhere yeah, something there. like that, yeah. yeah. Did you play an Olympic stadium as a kid? Yo. Okay. I walked into the stadium and I almost melted just from, like, That's, memories. I was, I was assuming you did. Yeah. But well, I'm not a grizzly, but that that is, like, that venue is a really cool awesome. stadium. The, the only, only knock against it is that, like, it needs some upgrades in, yeah. like, the, the, it, the actual wood of the seating and the stairs it was built during the great depression yeah. by the the what the whatever the i forgot what they called it just what now the but the, the whole the whole thing that that fdr put into place where they're trying to give people jobs just doing things i just i'm like yeah. it's it's even, really cool and really even, old even with that i can't imagine myself complaining about baseball games there it's incredible yeah like the the um, the venue is awesome. The environment is amazing. The field itself is awesome. The view when you're up, you're in the stands or you're up in the press box, the view that you have out there in the outfield is so cool. Like you said, Daniel, you get the added ambiance of little league games going on out yeah. in the distance. Um, and like, the Montesano, is it the same press box as the, no, no, it's on the opposite side of the field. That's yeah. so you guys sent a picture of you and I was like, well, we that weren't, doesn't look like box. a press box. I know we were yeah. next to the press. Box. Oh, okay. We weren't important enough to be in the press <laughs> box. Um, but I, you know, Montesano baseball players responded in a big way. Yep. Um, I think there's multiple examples of times that they could have gotten down oh, and they tons. didn't, they responded yeah. very quickly, you know, very start of the game. Yeah. Uh, college place was it two nothing? Did they go up two nothing in yep. the top of the first inning? Yep. And then and bases loaded yep. twice in that inning. Exactly. And yeah. then and then Camden was able to get out of that, and you know good defense behind him and guys making plays. And then you come out in the next inning, Bodie gets on, Caleb gets on, Josh Wills, two run triple. So like it literally took them three batters to get right back into it. I think they scored five runs that inning. Yeah. Um, so you went from being like, oh, this is one of the worst starts we could have possibly had. We're down to nothing to all of a sudden we're in command. And they did let up more runs throughout the game. But from that point on, they really were in control of the game the rest of the way. Absolutely. It was excellent performances. And as you mentioned, multiple times where things could have snowballed and they got it under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Skyler's dog earlier. Yeah. Skyler is a dog. Is a dog. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I was going to be like, well, oh, that's kind of mean. But no, so, Easton dog. is a dog. <laughs> Bulldogs. His no, that's the thing. No, he's a dog. His like, if he's a competitor, that's a dog. was awesome. He's got some dog in him. Yeah. I've heard that. Absolutely yeah. awesome. He absolutely came in at a time in the first game where you're just like, okay, you're up by five. Just go in and throw strikes. Mm-hmm. First guy, kind of a hard luck base hit. Right back at him, he gets a glove on it. Yeah, can't make the kept uh, it in the infield. Kept it in the infield. Second guy, he walks, and you're like, uh oh, a little shaky. Uh oh, gets the next three guys in a row, and and looking silly. And yes. those next three guys were the one, two, three batters in the lineup. That's the next inning. Oh, that's the next inning. No wait, no, it was the it was. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The one, well, you two, have the three. book in front of you. Yeah, it was. The one, <laughs> you're right. It was the one, two, three. Yeah, with and runners the, in scoring or with a runner in scoring. Position. And the three hitter was three for three in the game with a monster triple in his previous at bat. It was three Ks too. Yeah, he made them all look silly. Yeah, like and it was three Ks in a row in which when he bounced back and I know we talked about this on the broadcast. You know, the mantra from when Skyler was like ten or eleven years old yeah. was. Hey, your negative emotions will be your own worst enemy. Don't be your own worst enemy. You got to stay on top of this. You got to stay in it. And 
in a moment where state opener junior you you go out there and things go very badly your first yeah. two hitters he bounced back in a way that like i i'm just as i'm a, i'm just a friend like yep i was so proud of him yeah you know i coached this kid i've known this kid for so many years and like he he had those guys so off balance. They were waving at pitches. They had wobbly knees. Like it was the way the the master class of how to keep pitchers off balance that batters. he did. To keep batters off balance. Thank you. That he did in that one two three to end that sixth inning was like it was so amazing. I called a couple of swords. Yeah. Because they were they looked like guys waving swords around trying yeah. to hit the ball <laughs> yeah like yep. that's that's a new term that the the youtube channel pitching ninja has come up with which ninja. If, if you throw a sword you know that you're you got people just absolutely out of just swords that non-competitive yeah where waves. they go to swing and then they're like <sighs> and it looks like there's a swordsman swinging at a butterfly or something like that it just yeah. looks weird agreed um he also comes in in the next game which they won five to four a one-run game he yeah. throws two and a third innings 2.1 yeah <laughs> of no hit ball yeah to get the win to secure it so they can move on just a huge performance by skyler over the weekend so many great performers on this could have been though. athlete of the week <laughs> he could i mean gosh so many and yet again he's got to be in the conversation yeah. yet again so many of monty's baseball players yeah could have been baseball player of their weekend. Yeah. And yet you would have a hard time picking one of them. We literally didn't pick a player of the game. We couldn't pick a player of the game. We were and I stuck don't think on like four guys. <laughs> I don't think we could pick a player of their weekend. No, I don't think so either. And no. it was hilarious. In the first game, Bodie Polar went 0 for 1. And yet he was one of our thoughts for player of the game. Yeah, because he got hit by a pitch twice. And, and a walk. And a walk. Scored Ooh. two runs. Made multiple excellent defensive Just plays. Just phenomenal defense. Yeah. And yet, because he only had one at bat out of four plate appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's well, It was a great game. In that It was vein. a great weekend for him. Yeah. And super excited. And apparently they don't play in Yakima anymore for the state tournament. They're going up to Bellingham. Yeah. Huh. Which is almost the same distance away, but they well, used to play first... in a, they used to play in a minor league field in Yakima, right next to the Sun Dome. So I don't know what this new field is, but hopefully it's really nice. Well, this is a good thing for uh, Monty though, because they're playing Nachi's Va- Nachi's Valley, ah. which is right by Yakima. Is that how you pronounce it, Nachi's? Na- Nachi's, Nachi's. Nachi? I thought it was Nachi's, Nachi's, Nachi's but I have no idea. Well, I'm gonna say nachos. Nacho, uh, they're playing, Nach, Nacho Valley. I was also corrected that it's not not Natchez Valley. People people just say Natchez. The valley is oh. not necessary. Oh, so I'm going to say Nachos Valley. Nacho um, Valley. So Nacho Valley, which sounds like a Mario Kart track. Forest. Nacho. <laughs> Nacho Valley. Forest is never going to send us pictures ever again. Sorry, Forest. <laughs> Nacho Valley. Uh, is right by Yakima, so now yeah. they have to travel all the way to Bellingham, which is way further than Monty traveling to Bellingham. Andrew, Google that. Which Wait. is a farther drive? Oh, how could it not be? I don't know. It's got to be a, a similar, I would think. Well, but Yakima's like way south, though. Yeah, that's true, but we it's... have to drive through Seattle. Okay. But I don't, don't know. They have to drive through Seattle. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm fully willing above. to acknowledge that I could I be wrong know. here. I looked at, a map on a, at it on a map, and I was like, oh, man, that's way further. I mean, as a crow flies, yes. But I'm wondering with that weird, like... It's such an old guy saying. <laughs> as a crow flies, it'll be three Where in Bellingham? Uh, I was just saying 
Bellingham. Some I don't know just where. Bellingham. Okay. I don't know the field name. I don't remember the name. Yakima um, to Bellingham, Monty to Bellingham. While he's looking that up, there was two other players I wanted to men- make sure we mentioned from this game. Uh, one was, since we were talking about defense, I know I was blown away by the defensive play of Denali Harris. Yeah, you were going to say that, yeah. And I, I mentioned it several times on the broadcast, but like that game was a really great example of how important a defensive catcher is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the team, the game that we broadcast, the catcher for uh, College Place was struggling. And it's not that he was bad. Yeah. His pitcher didn't help him out much either. Oh, no, not at all. But Whoa. then it was like, I, it felt like it, it got completely out of control because yeah. the pitcher was a little off and the catcher was a little off. And then they just couldn't connect. The amount of runs that were scored on wild pitches was too dang high. Yeah. And some that I would consider pass balls. Like some that were like, yeah. you know, you, you maybe could have stopped that. But as a catcher, like you only have so much bandwidth for how many amazing stops you can make. Yep. So Denali Harris for Montesano not only has a cannon going to second base, and I was like, I know every time I feel like I was watching the end of warm-up so I could watch Denali's throw to second because yeah. it's so good. Yeah. I feel like every time you were looking down, and I kept looking over at you like, oh, Daniel, did you see that? I and watched his throws. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know. I just decided to throw you under the bus for some reason. That was a random one. Uh, but, uh, you know, watching his throws and warm-ups, he didn't really get there. I think there was only one throw down to second during the game that I can remember, and the throw was a little off. But during warm-ups, he had throws down to second. His throws, his throws down to second are pinpoint yeah. and hard. Also, him as a catcher making plays on pitches, you know, getting pitches that are low, getting pitches that are outside. But also, he had a play at the plate with a throw from center field to Caleb Ames. And by the way, Caleb Ames did a great job. This would have, yeah. this should have been a sack fly he that had, scored a run. He had two outfield assists. Exactly. And he he ran up on this in a way where he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He fielded it. He threw it. The throw came in maybe a few feet outside the plate to the right. Denali went and got it, turned on a dime, went back to the other side and managed to get the tag down on the runner as he was diving into home plate. Um, so the... And then in addition to the defensive play, Denali Harris also had a monster double to the wall in it, left field. One hop, it Ground rule double. Ground rule double. One hopped over the wall. Looked like it might be gone off the bat. I think he might have thought so. Yeah. I mean, he smoked it. <laughs> yeah. Just crushed it. Yeah. Um, and then the other player I wanted to mention was Jackson Booz, because in the, in the pregame interview with Monty's coach, Mike Osgood, he said, hey, we have a senior, Jackson Booz. He's one of our best pitchers. If, if not our best pitcher, he's right neck and neck with Camden Taylor as our top pitchers and he is a good hitter but he's kind of underperformed this year to what we what his expectation was and while he has underperformed we also know that like at any moment he could pop off and get some big hits for us and Jackson did exactly that in the game that we saw he had a huge double into the gap in left center field and then later in the game he also hit a really hard line drive for an RBI single into right so you know I think Jackson entered that game with 10 hits on the season, which again, you know, he didn't have a great year hitting, but you know he's capable of hitting, and he proved it in that state opening game when his team needed him, he came through for him. Yeah, a double and a single, and the double was absolutely smoked. Yeah. Um, Two things, two more things before we get, unless you have anything more you want to add. Awesome performance all around. Yeah. Great defensive plays, great plays all around for this Monty team. Super fun to watch. Loved what I saw for him. Andrew, how far is it from Yakima to and from Montesano to Bellingham? 
uh, from Nachi's Nacho Valley High School. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is three hours, 40 minutes, 236 miles. Okay. To Bellingham, just the city. Yeah. Uh, from Montesano, it is three hours and a minute, 188 miles. That okay. is closer than I thought it was going to be. It's- and actually... So I agreed with you. Oh yeah, Yakima's a lot further south. Yakima is like just barely south of Centralia. It's not that much further south than us. Weird. It's just way east. Huh. And to get there from Nacho, you have to travel <laughs> east to Yakima and then north up to uh, Ellensburg and okay. then across. The other way which feels like it would be shorter, it takes like an hour longer. I just keep picturing what the Nacho Valley Mario Kart track would look like. It's, so <laughs> yeah, like, it's like cheese all over the place and chips popping up with faces looking yeah. at you. And then the real tricky parts have like the chili that get mixed into <laughs> Is it. Is there guacamole? Oh, Probably I'm, somewhere. I'm so hungry. I want nachos. You so ate bad. before you came. I know. It's only a sandwich. <laughs> well, we uh, the only other thing I have to mention about that is Montesano fans rest easy. Deer Park got knocked out in this weekend, so you don't have to worry about Deer Park. Oh, I also seen w- Braden Dorman. Just thought I had to. Throw yeah, that's that out a tough there. one. Oh, oh, sorry, Braden. Thank you for coming over and say hi to us. By the way, though, he's not listening. He's too big time for us now. Anyway, <laughs> he said that that's not true. He did, but then he also didn't talk on the radio. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but we do have to name an Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week, and we will run through the nominees, and then we will finally end the show that's so long. But first, we're going to take our last commercial break. At Ole Penn Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. Thank you for listening to The Scrimmage. We are brought to you by Ole Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. It's just me and Pax right now. I'm sure Daniel and Andrew will be back in a minute. They just ran off in different directions, but they're always trying to get away from me, so I'm kind of used to it. But we do have uh, we have several nominations for Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. I mean, we kind of already know who's going to win it, but I still think it's worth going through who the nominees are. Uh, we would be irresponsible if we didn't mention uh, Timmy Higgins for his performance for Hoquiam Track, not only winning four league titles, but then also winning three district titles. And uh, honestly, what I would say, if you're putting three events together, it's probably the three most difficult events to put together in the 300, the 1600, the 3200, the 1600, and the 800. So we got Timmy Higgins. We got, I get tired in the 100. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I got tired. I'd get tired in the 100 if I was just jogging it. Oh my gosh. Um, Riley Timmons. I don't want to walk 100. Riley Timmons <laughs> for Montesano softball. Uh, she hit a game-winning walk-off three-run home run for the Bulldogs against the rival Hoquiam Grizzlies in their district championship game. And actually, that was the other thing we we didn't discuss. But I don't know if we really have time to. Daniel is the seeding there. Montesano with that district title win in softball ended up being the one seed going into the state tournament and Hoquiam will be the three seed. 
Um, we have a nomination for Emmy Spencer for her uh, state record in Keyhole, which beat the previous state record by, was it almost two-tenths of a second, Andrew? Is that two, right? It's, oh, it was just over two-tenths. Just tenths. over two-tenths of a second, which is incredible. And if you, we, we'll try to post the video. If we haven't posted it yet. I posted it to our Facebook. Okay, so if you want to see the video of what Keyhole looks it. like, because... It. Even for someone who doesn't know horses or equestrian, it's impressive to the point that I watched it and I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you get the horse to do that? It's so cool. And Emmy Spencer's apparently the best at it because she just broke a state record, but all she does is win. DJ Khaled wrote a song about it. Um, about her. About her. New and, song. You probably haven't heard it before. Yeah. You know, I was going for a joke there. I didn't think you hadn't actually heard it. There was a Tebow version of the song, Justin. Do you not remember the Tebow version of the song? I was doing He's definitely heard it. Yeah, that's a good point. He's lying to you. (laughs) No, I knew it. You've now injured him. (laughs) Because I jokingly threw out, Daniel, have you ever heard that song that everyone's heard? And he was like, no, I've never heard it. Hey, Daniel. How do you want me to respond to that joke? Hey, Daniel. Since this is a geography podcast now, can you spell Mississippi? I get stuck. B-A-N-N-A-N. Oh, wait. No, 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 really. No, no, seriously. Spell Mississippi. Wait. This is an extension of Stump Daniel. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I can spell Mississippi with one I. Oh, I've heard this joke before, but I can't remember it. M I S S I S S I P P I. See, you would have been a great coach for a mound visit. Remember during our broadcast, I said there was two different kinds of coaches. For one goes out there and goes, "Okay, this is how we execute these pitches. Just do your best. You know, just make your pitches. Trust your defense. It'll be okay. Just you know, maybe we trust you. You know, really follow through in your release. And then there was my brother and I, who would go out there. Open up a Laffy Taffy. Read the worst dad joke ever. Yeah. The kids would all shake their head and yep. think that we were idiots. And then we would take the credit when they struck out the next batter. For the audio only audience, I covered my right eye yeah. while I was spelling Mississippi. No one was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I told that joke four times in my house this week. Oh, gosh. Four Did times? Well, laugh? there's four other people in my house. I made sure I had them one at a time so I could tell it to them and get their... Dear organic Lord. reactions to it. You waited until each of them was alone? Yeah. Did you corner them in their he, own he room? You didn't want to no. get outnumbered. No. Well, like, essentially, I have teenage boys. They spend almost all their time in their room. So it's easy. You wait until they come out to go to the bathroom and you're standing in the hallway like, hey, you want to hear a joke? <laughs> and they're like, no. Yeah, they say no, but then you just do it anyway. <laughs> you're just lurking outside the bathroom? Yeah, lurking is the exact right word, yeah. All right, last nominee for this week for Athlete of the Week is Jesse Gilbert. She's the last nominee? Yeah, I went through all the other ones already. Oh, did I miss any that I didn't know about? Uh, no, it was okay. uh, Tiggathy Himmons, Riley Timmons, Emmy Spencer. Gotcha. And then Jesse the Cyborg Gilbert. Yeah, she's created by ChatGBT. Who's created by ChatGPT? Uh, what did I say? Did I say GBT? 
who knows anymore? This show's been too long. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jesse, uh, four no-hitters or three no-hitters, depending on who you ask. I'm running with four. There's... 66 strikeouts over the course of four games. And also, five for eight with three home runs and a double and a buttload of other stats okay. while also having the bat taken out of her hands five times with walks. Okay, I'm just going to run through this really quick. Yeah. Take it to Hammonds. Yeah. Seven titles... Six days, all the qualifiers that a track person can have besides it being state. Essentially, possibly the greatest single-week track performance we've ever had on this show. Not being state. Correct. Right. Like, that's the only way this could get better. Yeah. Uh, Riley Timmons. Yep. Every escalator you could want Mm -hmm. besides it being the state title game. Right. District title game, rivalry game. Walk-off dinger. Last inning. Everything you could want. Yeah. Uh, Emmy Spencer, every escalator you could want, state, breaks a record. Had a song wrote about her. Everything. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's stupid. It's still just... <laughs> <laughs> still Jesse Gilbert. It's still... <laughs> and uh, we will sign off here on the Jesse Gilbert show in a minute, but I do, since we didn't have a show last week, I wanted to briefly... We dis- have to rename our show. Yeah, we're no Jess- longer the scrimmage. No, we're, we're the Jesse the, Gilbert show. We're yeah. the Jesse Gilbert show. Yep. Brought to you by the law <laughs> Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and the Holy Pen Real Estate. I mean, if we changed our name to the Jesse Gilbert show, we'd probably get more sponsors, really. <laughs> yeah, people would just know who she is. Uh, but we'll we'll move on from Jesse Gilbert for now and then probably talk about her glowingly next week again. She is our Holy Pen Real Estate athlete of the week. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I th- we haven't actually said it yet, but that's... Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Jesse. Normally, I would say this is the peak of your career, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> She's a sophomore! She broke us. She broke us. Um, I do want to briefly us. mention last week's Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week because we didn't have a show. Right. Um, Aberdeen's Eileen Scott. She got her 100th career hit and had, at this point, this was at the end of the regular season, so there's been more softball since then. But at that point, she had 42 hits this season. Wow. She was batting well over 600. I think it was like Whoa. it was like 646 or something like that. Um, she also had 25 stolen bases and 29 runs scored on the season. Jeez. Just getting on base like crazy, stealing bases, scoring runs for Aberdeen. Uh, 100 hit. Like I was trying to put this in perspective, like how big of a deal is 100 hits? And I was like, okay. Well, she had an insane number of hits this year, batting over 600, and she had 42 in the regular season. So let's say, like, a normal good person would have, like, 20, 20. 25, yeah. right? So you'd have to do that every year of your high school career to get to 100 hits. That's and that nuts. assumes you play from being a freshman. So 100 hits is a big milestone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I was trying to look up, also to put it, the stolen bases in perspective, like... That's ridiculous. Yeah, I want to say it was in like 18 games of regular uh, that's season. That's what I was going to... So, the stolen bases record in the major leagues... Yeah. I'm trying so hard to Oh, it's 100-something, it right? It, oh, don't give me career. I want single season, dang it. Uh, 138. That was in 1887, though. That doesn't count. Ricky Caballero, Caballero stole three today. 
Nice. Ricky Henderson stole 130 in 1982. But that was in 160 games. Yeah. And she has 25? <laughs> in 18 less. games? But 18 games? So that's... God dang it, math. That's a lot of maths, man. Yeah, that's... Okay, anyway, it's ridiculous. A little bit fewer games. There. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great season. We did geography and math today. Congratulations to us. Math should left be left off the radio. Sorry yeah, about that. I agree yeah. with you. But no, I mean, like, I was doing the same thing that you were, like, trying to yeah. put it in perspective and, like, figure out how what big was, of a deal is 100 hits, and it's a really big deal. MLB record? 130 in 162 games. 130 in 162. And we're comparing it with 25 in 18. Oh, my gosh. She had more stolen bases than games they played? Oh, yeah, like... Yeah, like so uh, the ratio. MLB record was 0.8 steals per game, and she had 1.38 steals per game. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a That's lot. 3.88, so it's closer to 3.9. You know, when you bat over 600, <laughs> you, you get a lot of chances on base to steal bases, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's great. Uh, is that going to do it for a show? I think so. Thank you for joining us on the Jesse Gilbert Show, brought to you by <laughs> Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. My co-host, Daniel Hargrove, over there. I was too broken to come up with a nickname, so I'm just going to go with Daniel Hargrove. And my co-host, Justin Domashevitz. Oh. Along with our producer, Andrew, hits all the wrong and right buttons. Ooh. Gross. <laughs> I don't like the way you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> You've been listening to The Scrimmage. I do have an expressive face. You do. <laughs> like Jim Halpert.